episode three of Talking with Topher. It is April 25th, Saturday morning. Um, yeah, uh, first thing I wanted to do was uh, I wanted to send a shout out to uh, the Arcade Bros. Uh, they're the ones that gave me the mic. So you can follow them or go to their website. It's www. T-H-E-A-R-C-A-D-E-B-R-O-S dot com. That's arcadebros dot com. So Bill is a part of uh, Professional Martial Arts Academy, and uh, he gave me the microphone, and I wanted to give him and uh, his podcast a shout-out and say thank you for the microphone. Um... It's been great. Uh, I love this thing. Uh, also, wanted to uh, give a shout out to PMA, uh, Tim Bouchard's Professional Martial Arts Academy. Those guys have been killing it ever since this quarantine. Uh, we've always got lessons pla- uh, lessons that we can do at home by ourselves, and also they've been uh, just coming out with a ton of uh, YouTube. Uh, Zoom, Zoom uh, classes, which have just been great, as you can see to my left, uh, that's my Uki doll, so, um, but yeah, it's just been really great having those guys uh, distribute all this information for us, um, and again, shout out to Bill for the microphone, thank you very much, bud, um, and then, uh, yeah, so, uh, Excited! Uh, I got some good news. It seems like uh, be able to go back to work starting um, May fourth. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. New Hampshire Vape Gallery in Seabrook, New Hampshire. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, hopefully, we'll be uh, opening, and uh, well, no, we are opening, and um, it'll be May fourth. Uh, will be our first day back, and. Uh, we're going to do some adjusted hours. We're going to do curbside. So um, you'll be able to get uh, your vape stuff from us again, which will be so nice. I think it's been at the point where we go back to work. I think it'll be about six weeks. So I'm so pumped. Just done everything in the house that I think I can, and I've cleaned it so many times. So it's definitely time to get out of here. Um and it's just going to be great. It's going it's, to, it's, it's, everything about this whole entire situation is just so surreal and not going to work. And, you know, speaking of that, I just want to give a, I want to say thank you to all the people out there that have been um, essential workers and who have been just working throughout this entire thing and risking every day of, possibly getting sick um my wife is one of those people she excuse me works at walmart and they are essential so she has to be there and she hates it because nobody's really following the protocol so she feels unsafe every day she goes to work and now they have a new protocol where if you even have an upset stomach they send you home um so she wasn't feeling well and they told her to go home and they gave her a hundred percent pay and so 
to all the essential workers and to all the companies taking care of the essential workers, I want to say thank you. Um, because if it wasn't for that, I don't know where these six weeks would have brought us. Um, and it's just been so um, stressful. You know, am I getting to my unemployment? Am I not? Um, me personally, I finally got employment. It took five weeks, but finally it came in. And, uh, you know, I hope everything is going well for everybody else out there. It's very stressful not knowing when the money's coming in, but you're always watching it go out. And it's just, it, it was very stressful. And I'm very thankful that um, she had an essential job that kept us afloat. Um, I'm very thankful that that essential job took care of her when she started feeling a little sick. Um, nothing major to report. I think it's just a, a bellyache. Um, no fever, no nothing. And uh, it's been three days, so she should be all right. Uh, we're not too worried about it, but at least the company took care of her, sent her home, and gave her all her pay. So uh, can't be too angry with them. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I just wanted to say, say thank you to everybody. I just think these are crazy times. Everything's really difficult, and uh, the uncertainty of getting back to normality is uh, just very, very stressful. Um, so, man, the other day I was, uh, I was trying to fix something in my house. It was a uh, uh, light switch. Now, this should have been easy. should have been easy. I don't know why it wasn't. Um, but, yeah, I'll tell you why. Because when I switched out the switch, um, I popped a fuse. So I went down to my fuse box, and I flipped the switch back. And then the light still didn't work. So uh, I gave up on it. I got the top light to work, not the bottom. And then I, I gave it another day. And... I started playing with it, and I got the light to work in test mode, but it would never actually come on. And I'm like, what is going on here? So I'm running up and downstairs. I'm trying to figure out where the power is. And then I go, all right, I can't deal with this, because I'm trying to do this at night, because the sensor light won't turn on during the day. And then I finally got the sensor light to turn on during the day, but it was only in test mode which is, I guess, the way it works once I finally read the instructions. And then uh, I still can't get my light to come on, but I got my kitchen light, and then I go to vacuum my house, and I have no, no vacuum. So I'm like, oh, my God, what, what have I done? Um, so I'm like, all I'm trying to do is change the switch. Now I have no security light outside, and I have no central vacuum. And I don't know if anybody else has worked on a house um, before or tinkered around with things in your house and it, it can be very frustrating uh, because you're trying to fix something that should be simple and then two to three days later you, you finally figure it out and it doesn't seem like it should be that way but this house was built in the 1900s and the reason that that is um, relevant to the story is because I have another fuse box in my basement and it blew my mind I forgot about it because I never touch it. Um, it sits, it's very small. It's only like this big. And I was always wondering what it was for. And somebody told me it was for the boiler seven years ago. And I was like, oh, okay. 
I don't need to touch that because the boiler's running, so we don't have any worries. Turns out that small little box, and it's a bus fuses, the little screw-in fuses, really, really interesting. Um, so I looked at that the other night, and I shut it off, and I unscrewed the fuses, and son of a bitch, one of them was jingly. And I was like, okay, so I switched them both out because somebody left 15 and 20 amp bus fuses in a bag. And so I'm like, all right, cool. So I switch them out and I turn it back on. And lo and behold, I get my outside light back on and I get my central vac back. And then I got to find out that that fuse box does a couple more things besides my furnace. But really weird. I don't know what those guys were doing uh, when they installed that and then installed the electrical panel in the back. It was like they were just like, oh, it's here. We'll just run the wires from that to this, and we'll just leave this here. We don't want to take this out. We don't, we don't want to do that. So it was very, very uh, frustrating uh, for those couple days, and I do have to say that, you know, my, my, my wits were tested, I guess, um, but it was just, it was so surprising that this, uh, that this fuse box that I had no idea did anything else besides the uh, oil burner <clears throat> um, friggin ran you know my outside light I wasn't expecting that so you know super pumped finally got the switch fixed got my outside security light back and I got my central vac back so it was it was just really interesting to find that out uh, seven years later so I don't know if you just bought a house or you've owned a house for a while. Dig into a few other things you haven't paid attention to for a couple of years because uh, it may answer questions for you later is what I found out. Um, yeah, it was just a fun story. But, yeah, and then, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I've been thinking a lot. It, it tested me a little bit, you know, because when I get frustrated, I get angry. When I get angry, I go to the easy street, and easy street for me is, uh, this isn't working, I'm frustrated, so I would just, you know, go do my thing and get drunk. I'd be like, oh, this isn't working, I'm frustrated, and then i start drinking. And the reason I bring that up is because I, I got a friend, and um, his, his uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, his dad was not drinking, and now he is again. And um, you know, they kind of they kind of took uh, the the sobriety walk together, and um, uh, it was really disappointing for my friend. And uh, uh, crutches, the the things that we lean on to convince us that it's okay to do the wrong thing. Um, you know, and it's just, you got to get rid of those little things, those crutches. You got to take those away. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drink because, you know, me and my wife are fighting. Or I'm going to drink because I couldn't get the electrical to work and it was frustrating. So the, you know, the best thing to do is have a drink and, you know, not think it out and try to figure the problem out. You know, it's better to just numb yourself instead. And those, those are crutches. Those are things that all people of addiction lean on we have a thing that makes it so that when we bring it up we go no, no, no i'm doing this because this happened again and that makes it okay in our brain 
Um, and unfortunately, it kind of works that way for everybody, um, you know. And it was just, it was really, I was sad uh, for him because he was so pumped that him and his dad started this uh, road together. But then he was telling me how he was angry and upset, uh, well, mostly angry. And I told him, like, you can't be angry with him because he fell off. The best thing for you to do now is be supportive of him um, and see if you can get him back on the right track. Um, if he wants it, of course. Uh, if you don't want it, then it's not going to happen, and everybody should be very aware of that. Um, you can't force people to do things that they don't want to, um, especially with addiction. It's, it's, it's their fight, and the only thing you can do is try to support them as much as possible. I know for a fact if I wasn't supported by my friends and my family and everybody throughout the last 25 years, if not a little bit longer, then I wouldn't be sitting in front of this microphone right now talking to you. I, I possibly could have been dead. I don't know. Uh, my road was a dark one, um, and I always ran back to it, and I always had crutches. I had a crutch for everything. If, there was, if it was a sunny day, that was a crutch. I could drink for that. If it was you know, bad day at work, I could drink for that. I lost my license, so I'd drink to that. You know, it was just everything... Any reason I could find to drink, you know, oh, my girlfriend just dumped me or I just broke up with her and ah, now it's time to party, you know, or she breaks up with you and no, now it's, you know, I'm sad. So I'm just going to drink myself silly uh, to, to make up for these these feelings that I don't want to feel. And it's it's tough, but we all have to remember that the best thing for anybody who's going through addiction support is key and obviously you can only support to an extent if the person doesn't want it at all that makes it really difficult for the person trying to support them and then that makes everything a little bit messier but um, for the most part I'd have to say the constant um, it's not really nagging or yelling it's just them pointing out that you are going down a wrong road they're pointing out you're not you're doing things incorrectly they're pointing out that you're blacking out at like you know the kid's birthday party or whatever it has to be those are hard things for an addict to hear and we want I always wanted to attack I wanted to defend myself um, and you know I've learned that over time um, you can't fight back all the time uh, because most of the time when we're fighting back, we actually don't have a fight. We're just making excuses so that we can keep drinking. And, you know, it just it really brought back some some old feelings, you know, sitting there with mom and dad, uh, you know, my my mom, my dad, my sister, her boyfriend at the time, and, and just all of them, my parents throwing their hands up in the air saying, we're done, we can't do this anymore. So they got to the point of exhaustion. They were just like, we're done with this. this is, you know, he's been doing this for, God, well, at that time I was only 27, so I guess I'd only been doing it for about 12 years, which is probably too long anyways. It started when I was like 14, 15, and they had just given up. 
you know, and then my friend, uh, who's I'm still friends with today, he just kept pushing and pushing, and I would get resentful towards him, and that would cause me to pull back because if I went and hung out with him, then I couldn't drink. So I'd pull back, I'd stay home, and I'm more of an I think I'm more of an introvert anyways. I like staying in my house. I like being home. I don't really call on a lot of people to help me out with projects because I'd rather just do it myself. Um, you know, just things like that. That could be a little selfish I'm unsure of right now, but that's how I am. That's how I've always been. So if I get into a bad spot, I, I stay home. I pull in. I don't talk to anybody, and I just kind of dwell. It's not healthy. I'm not saying it is, but it's what I do. Um, trying to still trying to fix that. Uh, we're working on it a little bit, you know, here and there. I've been working on a lot of stuff for the last three and a half years. So, but I'm just really thankful that those there were those people were there to support me and push me in the right direction. Where um, is and that's where my friend needs to go now. You know, he needs to be there for his dad and support him, and I think that's gonna help him get back to a good track but yeah so i just wanted to you know express that uh support working with people um it, it, and and i understand that the people trying to help the people with an addiction um have a really really hard time um and i i, I now understand that and i did not before um which is why i'm very thankful for everything everybody has done uh, whether you threw your hands up and gave up or you didn't or you were only there a little bit, it doesn't matter. Um, everybody who helped me get to the point that I, where I am today, uh, I'm very thankful for all those guys and girls. <laughs> um, I'm very thankful for them, my friends and my family. Um, and I just hope my friend's dad, you know, figures it out. Um, I hope he takes care of himself and... Hopefully he gets back on that right track, but right now, um, you know, I've been, I've been with, uh, talking with him and stuff like that. Things have been a little heavy at the house, and he feels like quarantine kind of brought this on. Um, you know, it was his his crutches fighting with the wife, and now I'm gonna drink because we're fighting, and so that makes the fight worse instead. It, but in his mind, I feel like. He's like, nah, I'm fighting. I don't want to fight anymore, so I'm just going to shut it off. But instead of shutting it off, drinking takes away that function that allows you to think properly, and it just allows you to react. And then you just start reacting to the fight because now you've been drinking, and it just it's this dark, dark hole it runs down in. And I just, you know, uh, I, I let him know that I'm here for him, and he needs to be there for his dad and... You know, and I'm just hoping that helps him uh, with dealing with his dad so that he doesn't go back to drinking. And I don't think that's going to happen because we support each other. Um, I mean, like I said, I'm not in a program, but I know how it works. So ever since he's gone through his debacle, I have uh, kind of become his sponsor. So, he, I mean, if he needs to call me 4 o'clock in the morning, he calls me 4 o'clock in the morning and... Uh, um, I've had to do that once now, but it's, it's okay because I helped him out and he's in a better place for it. And that's what I've learned over 
the course of all these years of drinking and drugging and all this shit is that as long as you're there, then I feel like the person of addiction will have somewhere else to go before they go to their addiction. So that 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 is one big piece of that AA puzzle that I have always used. I I I I've always had somebody to help me out, um, to lean on, and so I'm doing the same for him. And it helps keep me sober because he comes in, and he tells me these stories, and I'm like, oh my god, like I wanted to drink and now I don't. So I feel like all these stories are very important. Um, to talk about and to look at and just, I think it helps out, you know, support one another, be there for one another and try not to be, try not to be angry towards a person with the addiction, um, upset, disappointed, all those things. Yeah. But don't be angry with them. Um, I don't think that's healthy because now you're holding on to a rage, which can stress you out. And that's not good. I think support's the best thing. Try to be there as much as you can. And then, of course, if you're disappointed in the person, that's okay. You can be disappointed. But I wouldn't get angry. So, and I just, I don't know what the hell is going on. But I, I just think this is crazy. With the Lysol. Why would anybody actually think that you can inject Lysol or disinfectant cleaners into your body. Um, I watched the report. I watched the news. He definitely asked a question. But my first thought wasn't, I'm going to inject myself with Lysol cleaner. So I'm, I was so confused of all the memes and the warnings. Um, yeah, please. Don't inject any chemicals or disinfectants into your body. It's not going to help you. But what a crazy story I heard. Uh, I, I mean, it just all went down yesterday, and I'm like, or two days ago, and I'm just like, what is, why? I don't understand this. This confuses me. But I guess people heard what they wanted to hear, and hopefully nobody was hospitalized or died from that. Um, so I was just throwing that out there for a little bit of fun I just think it's crazy this whole thing is insane and being locked up and doing all this stuff and all we want to do is find something that cures this um, uh, this coronavirus and I just want to say that well don't use disinfectants don't use Lysol in your body um, and just wait for the scientists to come out with something that is uh, you know a vaccine Let's wait for that. Um, stay healthy, exercise, and yeah, take care of yourself. Don't drink. Um, I know sales are up 60%, but it's not good for you. Um, it lowers the immune system, and it makes you more, uh, more at risk for catching something, even the flu. Um, so it breaks down that, uh, that wall that we have. Uh, I'm losing my words. Uh, your immune system, yeah, it, it tears it down, it thins it a little bit, and then it can allow a virus to get in. So I know sales are up, but you, you just need to be, people need to be taking care of themselves. They need to be exercising. 
and I started running a week ago. I'm not like holding up a trophy or doing anything, you know, crazy. It's only 1.5 miles. It takes me about 18 minutes and I've been doing it. Yesterday was a week. So, um, I encourage those things. If you want to have a drink, do something else. F find something else to get rid of that thought of, um, I want to drink. Um, you know, I said, uh, I said last week, you know, I drink kombuchas, but I also do other things. Now I go running. Um, I grab my Uki doll. I start rolling around with that thing, start practicing my moves. Um, I'm making my podcast, uh, and I hope you guys enjoy this. I'm going to add some music and some stuff to it, which you'll see. Um, and then, you know, you just got to keep that brain busy. If it, if your brain lingers for too long and it's going to decide to do something that's easy instead of doing something that's new. Um, so yeah, just get out there, stay healthy. Don't inject Lysol or disinfectants into your body. And, um, I hope everybody gets to work soon. Um, I know we all need it. Uh, we can see that we need it. And, uh, yeah, you know, May 4th for New Hampshire. Seems like all non-essentials can slowly open up again. And like I said, we'll be doing curbside. Um, so that'll be weird. You know, we passing stuff through a window. But we got to do what we got to do uh, to, to make it through this. And uh, once we do... Uh, we'll all be in a better spot for it, I think. Um, I think hygiene is actually at the front of everybody's mind, which is a great thing because hygiene is super important for your immune system and yourself. So remember, even though if you're on quarantine, get up like you got that job. Get in the shower in the morning. You know, Pretend you're going somewhere. Get into clothes. Don't stay in your PJs. And if you wanted to start something and you haven't, I recommend doing it. I started running, and I feel way better about it. I'm actually going to go a couple minutes after this. So I'm super pumped. I love getting that running in the morning, getting the lungs going, and getting the blood pumping. So I thank everybody for listening. I hope you enjoy. And remember, like and subscribe to my page. Thank you very much, and hope you all have a great day.